calling all my footy fans from all around the globe. Straight out of NYC, this is The Line Breaker. Yo, what's up? Welcome to The Line Breaker. My name is Pano. I'm Dimitri, a.k.a. Juicy. And we are back with another episode. We're not just doing a recap of the Premier League where we just talk about the fixtures and go through it. What we decided to do is we decided to pick three leagues that we love watching, that we appreciate watching, um, and we also feel that these are the three best leagues in the world. Um, and we're going to do recaps, major storylines with each league, and we just we just want to go through and see what all the drama is about for this next week. So, Dimitri, off the bat, we got some good storylines here. You want to give me a sneak peek maybe as to, to one game that's really popping out for you? I think a, a game that's popping out, very important. Uh, you know, both teams have been kind of shaky in the league, had some mixed results. And it's going to be a big match for both these teams because they're both in the top six. And I think it's going to be crucial to Arsenal's title run. I My, see. The match I'm highlighting is Arsenal versus Newcastle. We're going to get to that. We're actually going to get to that real soon. I actually thought that Dimitri was going to use another match. I have another match in mind because, you know, for me, the Premier League doesn't matter too much. Am I right? <laughs> um, but, yeah, so I have a match in mind. But, you know what, I'm going to let Dimitri's shine right now because we got to talk to you about this next Premier League game week. So, as we're speaking to you, it is Thursday, November 2nd. Um, and... There's some big storylines. We're 10 games in, 10 games in. So we have over a quarter of the season played. And as things stand, your top six are as follows. Tottenham with 26 points. Manchester City with 24 points. We have, uh, I'm sorry, uh, Arsenal with 24 points as well. Liverpool with 23. Aston Villa with 22 and Newcastle with 17. So, four points. I'm sorry. Am I, am I looking at this right? Yeah. Three points separate. Oh, no. Four points separate first and fifth in the Premier League. So, it's very tight. And luckily, this week, we have some games that are going to make things interesting. And we're going to start things off with the game that Dimitri mentioned Arsenal versus Newcastle. This is second versus sixth. Now tell me, why are you so excited about this game? Well, going into the game, I I saw some things that popped out to me. Uh, Let me hear. Come on, talk to me, talk to me. You know, Arsenal hasn't been... You know, they've they've taken care of business, but, you know, the 2-2 draw to Chelsea is a little hiccup. You could argue that they were lucky to get a draw. I, I guess you could. I, I got to give them some credit. Come on. It's been a rough year. I guess you could. But Newcastle also, recent draw in, against Wolves in their most recent Premier League game. Draw against West Ham. They beat Crystal Palace as well. So I feel like, you know, both teams aren't going in with, you know, top, top form. Kind of iffy. And we could see a, a dicey game. It could go one way. could go the other. I wouldn't be surprised. But going into the game, just wanted to mention a, a few stats powered by FOTMOB. Your boys. Uh, Newcastle is tied for first in the Premier League with 2.6 goals per game with 
Aston Villa, if you can believe that or not. I was very surprised to hear that stat. So Newcastle doesn't surprise me because they had that like eight or nine nothing game that they won against. Was it against Sheffield United? They, I think they beat them. Uh, yeah, it had like a bunch of different goal scorers too. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So I, I want to say that that was the game. Um, so that doesn't surprise me, but I was surprised about Aston Villa. That one really shocked me. Um, I mean, look, I, I, either way. Newcastle is a team that we were kind of, I say we, it was mostly me, right? I was mostly bad-mouthing them in the beginning of the year when they weren't performing. But look, they've turned it around. They're they're back, right back in it. Mind you, okay, they're a little bit off the top. Or they're, I'm sure that they're not really looking for title aspirations just yet. But they're playing very well. And, you know, this is a huge match against Arsenal. I know that you mentioned... Arsenal not playing so well this year. And I agree. I really don't think that Arsenal look like that invincible team that they they were last year. But this is what scares me. And I, I've had other um other personalities or, you know, podcasters or, you know, YouTubers mention this in videos, especially um especially when it comes to how Arsenal have been playing. And it's that although they don't they don't seem to be playing well, they're scraping out results. And oftentimes that is the mark of champions, of winners, that even when you're not playing well, even when you don't deserve it, you you figure out a way to win. And that, that's a mark of winners. And it pains me to say that. But that's the thing that's really making me nervous with it, with Arsenal. But here is the thing. I think that this is going to be a tough game for Arsenal. And if Newcastle, and this is a big if, if Newcastle can sustain their press and keep the pressure up like, you know, how they've been hounding teams. You know, the the classic Eddie Howe ball, just high press, the entire team working hard together. I think that Newcastle could get a result, if not, you know, all three points. But I'm, I'm leaning towards a scoring draw this game because I'm looking at how Chelsea played against Arsenal. And Chelsea pressed the heck out of Arsenal when they played them. Um, not necessarily high, but more in a, in a mid-block. And... It seemed like that press was really causing Arsenal issues. And so I think if Newcastle can sustain that press, if they can get on top of Arsenal from the get-go, I think that that'll make them successful in this game. So I, I'm going to go with a score draw here. So just wanted to add something. I, I want to hear all your insights. Wanted you you talked to I wanted to add something. I already mentioned that Newcastle is tied for first with most goals per game in the Prem. Did you know they're ranked first with big chances created being 27? But this is where it gets interesting. Arsenal's ranked third in the Premier League with 2.3 goals scored per match. But they also have the most clean sheets in the competition with five. Will Newcastle be able to break through Arsenal's lines? Or will Arsenal be able to maintain, contain Newcastle's scoring? And put one or two in the back of their net to secure a win away from home. You're asking me that question? Yeah. Well, I know I, you said, you know, but does it change your mind? No, because, you know, you hit me with some stats and I'm going to hit you with some stats because I know you're a big font mob I also guy. Have, I also want to ask you another question. This guy's interrupting me. I want to ask you another question. Does your boy play or is the suspension going through? There's no appeal? Tenali? Yeah. Uh, he's donezo. Yeah, he's donezo for the year. So, yeah. 
that that that's a big part of their about their press, right? You just hit me with some stats about Arsenal. I'm gonna hit you with some stats about Newcastle. Newcastle is second so far this year for expected goals, and they are third for expected goals against. So Arsenal is second for expected goals against. Um but I the way that I see it is there's not too much separating the defense of either of these teams. I think what is separating them is is the goals. And also, if you look at the expected goal differential, Newcastle is, again, second for expected goal differential, and Arsenal is third. That's why I think that this is just, this is a KG. This is going to be a KG match. I think it's, I'm sticking with the scores, the score draw, just because, like, that. that's where, where my head's going. Um, I, I like it. That's what I'm going to go with. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to keep the draw, despite the little details you gave me. How how many goals are we are we talking? One one two two three three. Ah, uh, so my brain tells me one one, but I don't know. My heart's telling me like two two, something like that. Maybe like a higher scoring draw, but but I'm gonna go with one one. Okay, okay. Personally, I I I think it's gonna be. I think it's gonna be. Hmm. Two two, oh, but come on. but I could I could see an Arsenal three two because I feel like Newcastle just can't hold them off for too long if they're you know giving up too many goals, which you mentioned. <sighs> that was boring. I was hoping you'd give me more. <laughs> I just hit you with straight facts. You have been hitting me with straight facts. Okay, so so we got that out of the way. That's a big showdown, and I feel like. The thing that we've kind of neglected to talk about is is this game is huge because again, it's second versus um, Six. versus sixth. Now, here are the ramifications of a game like this. You you have City, and and this is kind of we're going to talk about this game after, but this is going to be an overarching theme for all the title contenders or like the top six. City is playing Bournemouth. We expect City to win this game just because... And we're going to go into that. We expect we expect City to win this game. So you already go into these games expecting City to go from 24 points to 27 points, right? I agree with that. So Arsenal needs a win just to keep pace. A draw will put them two points behind. Um, and a loss will be devastating for them. It'll be three points behind. So, so this is a big match for Arsenal in that they need to maintain themselves and they need to maintain their their places in in that top three and for Newcastle there's a little bit of a gap between them and Aston Villa for fifth and um as it's it's not 100% confirmed but it, it seems to be the case that the fifth spot is more than likely also going to be a Champions League spot for England so that fifth spot is also integral so Newcastle right now is five points behind Aston Villa. They have uh, Newcastle has seventeen points. Aston Villa has twenty-two points. So a, a win for Newcastle will be massive for them because that could just edge them closer to Aston Villa. Depending on what happens in the Villa game, of course. But they got to win this game to to keep pace again. So if Newcastle wants to maintain their their high European places, they need a win. If Arsenal wants to maintain being in and, and around, you know, the title contention they need to win this game so this is a massive game for both teams um so yeah um that is our two cents i don't think you have anything more to say on this game right no i i I don't but uh 
Just hope my boy Saka scores. Yeah, if he's healthy, he didn't look too healthy against Chelsea. So let's let's get it. Let, let's get these two games out of the way because these are our. We're gonna assume that they're gonna go this way games, right? So we have a City versus Bournemouth, which is third versus seventeenth, and uh, Liverpool versus Luton, which is fourth versus eighteenth. Um, you gotta assume. I don't see anything here other than other than wins for both squads, right? Yeah, I, I think it's going to be uh, pretty comfortable game weeks for Man City and Liverpool. That That's another thing, too. Liverpool is also another game where you kind of assume that they win. So if Liverpool win, that puts them at 26 points. So if Arsenal don't win, they're going to drop. They're, they're going to drop way down. City's going to win. Liverpool's going to win. That drops Arsenal to at least third. At least third. Mind you, <laughs> like... Well, at least third, depending on what happens with the Tottenham game. But we're gonna get we're gonna get to that later. So we're thinking at least third Arsenal could potentially drop to this week if they don't get a win versus Newcastle. So Man City and and Liverpool, I don't even want to talk to I mean, if you got some interesting tidbits, be my guest. But like to me, it they're just i don't see anything other than Erling Holland hat trick. Double for Salah and Nunez, and we we move on to the next day because Luton do not look like they belong in the league just yet, although they're a great story. They don't look like they belong in the Premier League. And um, same thing for Bournemouth. They they are relegation candidates at the moment, Bournemouth. Um, and City, as we said, although Dimitri likes to joke around about how I just predict City to win every single week, that's kind of the whole point of Manchester City, right? They're so great that you expect them to win every week. And more often than not, almost always, like 99% of the time, they win the games that you expect them to. Maybe not 99, maybe like 90% of the time. And that's what makes them so great. They're so consistent. They win the games that you expect them to. So, I mean, I expect a win from City and Liverpool here. Do you think anything different? Do you have any interesting tidbits to give me? Um... No, I agree that they're they're both those teams are gonna are gonna have pretty comfortable wins this week. But what I do wanna say is Neto, the goalkeeper for Bournemouth, is ranked second in saves per match with four point six. Now with that being said, I can see that number rising after this weekend due to the dominance and the his goal being peppered by City's attackers. So he he's gonna he's gonna have five or more saves. Obviously a couple are gonna slip by, but Five or more saves for my boy Neto. I'm not gonna completely. I'm gonna. I'm gonna highlight a little bright spot for Bournemouth. Yeah, but I like to think though that if your goalie is high up um, in the stats for saves per game, that means that your defense isn't that great. Yeah. Well, yeah. That that's what that means. Who's first? Or do you know? Do you not know? Uh, in saves, I don't have that off the top of my head, but I could find that uh, for you. It's 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 not a huge deal. Don't worry about it. It's okay. I'll find it. But. But this isn't that crazy of a stat. Luton hasn't kept a clean sheet in 14 matches. That doesn't Their surprise last 14. me. That doesn't surprise me whatsoever. Do you think Liverpool can continue the streak? Obviously. <laughs> uh, 100%. Yeah. 100%. I, this Luton team barely looks like they can score, let alone win games. So, so yeah. First uh, place, I found it. Sheffield United, five saves a game. That doesn't surprise me. Does that surprise you? 
<laughs> the 20th place team last place team yeah exactly so i don't i don't know how much of a bright spark that that is so yeah okay so we can kind of both agree man city and liverpool basically we could just assume that they win those games so again huge ramifications for the title race for the for the champions league places um all right let's move on um team that we spoke about before they're they're the highest scorers in the premier league so far aston villa Versus Nottingham Forest. This is the Derby of European Cup winners. Um, yeah, can't say so much about uh, about the first few teams we mentioned. Uh, fun fact: Aston Villa and Nottingham Forest have three Champions Leagues between them. Aston Villa has one Champions League trophy. Nottingham Forest has two. That's three more than Arsenal. <laughs> <laughs> Ah, so yeah, anyway. So yeah, we move on from that. Um I mean, look, this is Villa 5th versus Forest 16th. Um I think this is going to be a trickier game than than we expect. I think Villa's on a really hot run, but this is another team that I'm just like they can't they can't keep going. I agree with you that Villa's on a hot run, but I have the stats to uh prove to you that this can keep going. They play Nottingham Forest well. So just want to mention to you, Nottingham Forest hasn't won a match in their last six matches and haven't won their last four home matches. To add to that, Aston Villa hasn't lost to Nottingham Forest in their last six matches, four wins and two draws. They play them well. They get the results. Nottingham Forest is a tough team to come up against. Though, Correct me if I'm wrong. It is um, Nottingham Forest's home? Yes. So look, it's a tough place to play. Nottingham Force is a tough team to break down. Um I I can see this is this is just feeling, right? With the defensive nature of Nottingham Force and I just law of averages, I think that Aston Villa are gonna have to slow down eventually. I could see this either being a draw or a loss for Aston Villa. Because again, I know that Aston Villa is good, but I don't think they are as good as maybe their their place tells them even though they're high high scores even though they're playing very well i think that they'll bottom out somewhere in between like sixth and and um ninth i think is where they'll kind of wind up finishing i i could see aston villa continuing their streak and winning i mean as i mentioned they have uh nottingham forest hasn't won any of their last six matches has have been in pretty terrible form Two games, two matches ago, they they drew with Luton two two. I don't know if you remember that game. And then la- the last match they had, they uh they lost to Liverpool three zero. But uh, yeah. In all comps, Aston Villa in their last five games have four wins. Uh, I believe three wins and one draw in the Prem. Sorry, two wins and one draw. So they've been playing solid football. And as we mentioned, they score a ton of goals and they find the back of the net. And I feel like that can be an issue for Nottingham Forest. Hey, you know what? I can see it. I'm just going to go with I'm going to go with my gut feeling prediction, right? And I'm going to go with a uh, scoreless draw. I know free scores, Aston Villa not scoring. I'm going to go with a scoreless draw here. Big points for Nottingham Forest. Um, in their quest to to be safe and to not get relegated. 
So, so yeah. Three, you have anything to add? Yeah, three one Aston Villa. Okay. All right. All right. Let's see. So we're gonna round out our Premier League top six predictions, or not predictions, but um, just recap of, or I guess preview, I should say, of of this week's upcoming matches with. First versus 11th. We have Tottenham versus Chelsea. This is a massive game because, one, it's a London derby. And, two, this is a huge match for both teams. You could argue that it's it's a bigger match for Tottenham. Um, I just think every match is big for Chelsea just because you you're waiting to see when this team is going to wake up if they ever do. But for Tottenham, this is a way for them to maintain their place um, at the top of the table. Um, so just to remind everyone, Tottenham is in first place with 26 points. They're alone at the top of the table. Um, so a win will keep them there. A draw will also you know, keep them level on, on points with most likely Manchester City or if Arsenal wins. Um, so... With a draw, they will still maintain their place at the top of the table, or at least tied. Um, maybe not actually with a draw because a goal differential. But they'll definitely be level on points. A loss will be catastrophic, um, or at least it, it'll put a, a dent in in their hopes for sure. Because a, a loss, you can assume that they'll at least be in second. Because again, we're assuming that City is going to finish is going to finish off Bournemouth and win the game. And a loss will also, again, if we're assuming that Liverpool are going to be Luton, a loss will put Tottenham level on points with uh, with Liverpool. So I know we're doing a lot of assumption, but I think with Liverpool and Man City, it's a safe assumption. Um, for Chelsea, Chelsea, you know, a little bit lower than them. They're on 12 points right now in 11th, but they're level on points with Wolves, Crystal Palace, Fulham. And um, they're one point behind Brentford in, um, in with uh, 13 points. They are two points behind West Ham, who ha- who's in ninth. And they are three points behind Manchester United, who is in eighth. So a win for Chelsea could put them ahead of Manchester United on goal differential because United has a negative five goal differential. So it could put Chelsea into eighth place at best um this could be big for them because you know this could be a great way for Chelsea to pick up some steam pick up some momentum before I get into how I feel how this game is going to go I want I want you to give me a little rundown I want you to give me some nice tidbits some uh Dimitri's details you know well a few details I may add is that Ange has the boys playing some good footy great footy if I may add unbeaten in their last five home games first place in the in the prem after losing their best player nobody like really saw this and Ange has the boys believing you know playing well and the boys are believing in the system and they're in first playing great now Chelsea has been kind of sluggish dropping games that they should be winning missing big chances left and right and going into Tottenham with a team that has the wins to back it up, the results, first place, the confidence is through the roof. It's going to be a tough task for Chelsea. And uh, I, have, I have a question, not too sure about this, but just wanted to ask you your thoughts on Michael Oliver. 
What about like the ref? I, yeah, I believe he's set to ref that match. It's not. It's, it's not looking good, bro. Not looking good for for Chelsea. <laughs> it ain't looking too good, bro. Um, but he's not bold, so bold referees usually hate Chelsea. So th- this is the only good thing. Um, but Chelsea, you know, look. Obviously, Chelsea have not had the best of seasons um, so far. That's that's an understatement, especially with the money that they've spent. Of course, again, it's very easy to criticize them with all the, the money that they've spent. But it, again, it's important to note that this team is massively over underperforming all their metrics. Um, expected points, despite the up and down and everything, they still are expected, you know, on expected points, they should be sixth. Um, they're very good defensively when looking at uh, expected goals against. They are fourth. Um, only behind City, Arsenal, and Newcastle. And where they also are pretty high up, or higher up, I should say. Actually, no, not so high up on expected goals. But they are first in the league for big chances missed. Um, and I believe Nicholas Jackson is like top of the table for that as well, big chances missed. So they are creating chances. Their defense is solid. But... They're just not putting away their chances. That's what it's coming down to, and that's what's keeping them you know, out of these losses or out of these games that they should be winning. They had a phenomenal game against Arsenal, and Robert Sanchez was responsible for that complete just collapse at the end. His, his mishap passing it right to Declan Rice changed the whole game. They should have beat Arsenal. Um, a lot of people are saying that they like this Chelsea team against more expansive teams because it seems like they have trouble beating the low block. I can see that. So I can see them giving Tottenham more trouble than they'd you know, give a team that's lower down on the table because Tottenham are going to be more proactive. They're going to take the game to Chelsea. I'm still pretty hesitant about Chelsea you know, doing well in this game, especially with Mihailo Mudrik most likely out which means that Raheem Sterling is going to play this game, and Raheem Sterling is terrible. Um, seems like a great guy, but Raheem Sterling is one of the most underwhelming signings Chelsea have made, waste of money, um, and waste of being a record earner at the club. So with Raheem Sterling in there, doing nothing and running around like a headless chicken and also walking on defense, um, and Tottenham being in you know full force playing well, I think that Tottenham are going to win this game. Uh, I'm going to go with three uh, one. That that's that's my prediction. That that's a pretty good scoreline. I could see that. I could see that going down as well. And I I think that it'll be it'll come down to Tottenham. I don't even necessarily think that Tottenham will play well. I think that Chelsea will give them issues. But I think Tottenham are going to score the three four chances that they have, and I think Chelsea are going to miss most of the chances that they have. Because um, I could see Chelsea being dangerous on the counter, but they have proven that they can't put away these these chances. So um, so I can see a 3-1 Tottenham win. Um, it's not going to be like, oh, Tottenham dominated Chelsea 3-1 win. The scoreline will flatter Tottenham. But at the end of the day, every scoreline where Chelsea loses, they flatter the other team because they, they've won out of, out of 10 matches. They have won the XG battle nine times. So they've posted higher expected goals than their opposing team nine times out of 10 Chelsea and the only time that they lost was last week against Brentford and that was basically because Brentford's last minute goal was like it was it was like an open net you know so I think that pushed the XG a lot higher so you could argue that they've 
they have had the highest XG of all the games that they've played so far. So with that in mind, I, I'm not confident with this team putting away their chances. So I think they'll play well, but they won't get the W. And that's the most concerning thing about Chelsea for me this season. Yeah, I don't think I don't think Tottenham's going to steamroll them. Like, if you watch the game, they're not going to like completely dominate them. But I think Tottenham at times will will have spells of, you know, five ten minutes where they they do look dominant, and you you can kind of tell that the goal is coming. Now, if they get the goal or not, that's you know, if the chance is missed, if not. But I, I can see Tottenham having dominant spells throughout the game, possessing the ball, putting crosses in, the crowds behind them, and uh, Chelsea basically holding on to the to the score at the time. But overall, I, I do see Tottenham pulling away. And you know what? I'm going to add that that third goal is going to come late. After the 70th minute, it's going to yeah. be 2-1. The third goal is going to go in, and then it's going to be, oh, Ange's boys secure the win comfortable now for the remaining the remainder of the game 100% that's exactly how i see it like kg kg ish affair and just tottenham put them away at the end when like pochettino just goes like full on um so i'm i'm glad that we're in agreement on this um or not glad i guess i kind of maybe it's not so good that we're you're, in you're agreement you're a closet arsenal fan you're kind of happy okay, about it okay no 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 that's you well no uh, an arsenal fan would be upset cuz they don't want tottenham winning um but uh Here's here's a serious question, and I don't want you to give me the sarcastic Dimitri answer where you hype things up. I want you to give me a serious answer. Do you think that Ange Postacoglu will actually keep this up and bring Tottenham like to to by the end of the season competing for the title? I want you to be serious. I mean, I, I did tell you earlier in the year when we were, when we were having conversations, I thought he was going to be the manager of the year. <clears throat> um. On, on paper, you know, Arsenal and City, I feel like, are, are better than his squad. And Liverpool, too, probably. And Liverpool. <sighs> to to say he's competing for the title is still hard to tell. To be in top four, I think, is, you know, it's a, I, would, I would say it's a for sure thing. But competing for the title is still, still very tough to say. I know it's a very neutral answer, but I'm gonna I'm gonna say I'm gonna say no. I think I think the second half of the year it's gonna it's gonna wear on his players. If I'm being totally honest, I, I see them finishing around like fourth. I think that's where they'll wind up finishing. Um I think I think Liverpool is better than them. So so that's kind of where I have them at. Um so yeah, I, I I don't think that they're gonna compete for the title. I think that eventually the fact that you know they're just gonna get found out right now. They're not, they're not playing the best, but um, but at the end of the day, I just I don't think, I don't think that uh that they'll keep it up. But it it's definitely look, it's definitely a step in the right direction for them. Um, so yeah, overall like, for Tottenham, I I think that if they keep this up, you know this would be great for them. And it'll be great for them to maintain themselves in the title race, or at least just cement themselves in that top four, top five. For Chelsea, it's it's tough. This isn't a game that they're expected to win, but this this would be a great way for them to kind of pick themselves back up and gain some momentum. But right now, I just I don't see where the goals are coming from this team. Um, in this team, especially with the injuries, again, it's it's very easy 
to use excuses, but Chelsea do have the most injuries this season. They have huge players like Christopher Nkunku, um, Fofana, uh, Mudrik can't seem to stay healthy. Romeo Lavia still has not played a minute because he's been injured. Um, ben Chilwell is out. Reese James is just forever injured. So you have tons of injuries in this team that are that are keeping players out. Players who are finding form like Carney Chukwemeka. So overall, it's it's been a tough season for Chelsea. I, I can't see them getting back into it in this game, but I, I am seeing some some better performances in the big games. Um, so yeah, that kind of I believe that. Do we have anything else to to put on that? I think that that might round us out for the uh for the premier league right uh, i think that that's all the big games i see so um you know while dimitri switching himself over to um to our next league i'm going to talk to you guys and i'm going to remind you guys that um we're not just robots we don't just exist uh in the podcast realm we're not just on podcast we are also on instagram and we are on youtube so make sure to follow us on both Follow us on Instagram at thelinebreaker underscore. Like our posts, comment on our posts, engage with us, ask us questions, tell us that your takes are terrible, tell us that you love our takes, whatever it is. We want to have discussions with you guys. And also subscribe to us on YouTube. You might even be listening to us to this on YouTube now. If you are, don't forget to hit that like button, subscribe, hit the bell notification so that you could always be notified when we are uploading content. Um, definitely subscribe to us again on YouTube. And of course, this is a podcast. We are on all your major podcast platforms. If you are on Apple Music, or I'm sorry, Apple Podcasts, I should say, make sure to follow slash subscribe to us and give us a five-star review, okay? It is a huge help to us, and it goes a long way. We don't ask for much, but please give us that five-star review. It makes a world of a difference to us and it helps us get better and it helps us as a channel as a show grow um you don't even have to necessarily write anything you could just give us that five-star review but if you could write something that's even better same thing when it comes to spotify give us that five-star review it means a lot and shoot us a follow on spotify another thing that helps us a lot downloading those episodes downloads are great for our metrics so please download our podcast okay of course your device will always be set or you could set it yourself so that it deletes podcasts after you know maybe it's only the the fifth most recent so after that it'll it'll automatically delete it but download totals are a huge help to us so if you could also download the podcast that would be a huge help to us um so yeah please support us in any way you can with your five-star reviews your follows your subscriptions um your likes and your comments and just engage with us overall we want to build a community here at the line breaker we want to help build some line breakers here in our show so please help us in any way that you can um and with that in mind i've spoken enough that i've gotten dimitri to uh, transition himself over to the next league that we're going to be talking about what are we going to be talking about dimitri we're going to be talking about la liga okay yes yes the second best league in the world, I have to say. Um, we got La Liga. We have some interesting storylines. Of course, the one that pops out right is Girona. Girona being in second place. City Football Group owned Girona, by the way, might I add. Um, so th- there's definitely some big stories here. How do you want to start things off in the La- How about this? Not even how do you want to start things off. Give me an update. How does the La Liga title race look right now? 
the La Liga title race is actually quite tight. Four points separate the top four clubs. First place being Real Madrid. Jude. And Beligol. Second is Girona, surprising. City Football Group owned. Third is Atleti. And fourth is Barcelona. And fifth? Fifth is Real Sociedad, but they they have an interesting match that we'll touch on later. All right, got it, got it. So to start off this Girona match, Girona is playing eleventh uh, place Osasuna. This is a good time to mention that Dimitri, aka Juicy, is our La Liga expert. EA La Liga, La Liga EA Sports. <laughs> <laughs> our La Liga correspondent, Dimitri. So some stats that I will. You don't have an uh, accent, so it doesn't work. Okay. <laughs> So some stats that I will add to this Osasuna-Girona match is your boys from Girona are ranked second in La Liga with 2.3 goals a game. And they are away this match. They actually are ranked second away from home this season. Yes. If, if you had a Spanish accent, it would still sound better, though. I, mean, I might be fieldside. <laughs> you might have field side reporter. <laughs> okay, no, no. So I didn't actually have a point. Just go on. But yeah, I, I think um, I think with Girona just playing good footy, you know, this is the- second versus eleventh, right? Yeah, scoring a ton of goals. I mean, nobody really saw them. This is like kind of out of the blue. You know. Your usual suspects you would expect to be in the top three, but Girona is cracking that. Um, and they've been playing well both away and home. This game, again, is away. And I think I think they're going to be able to get the three points in this one. Does uh, does Girona have any standout performers on their team, or is this more like a collective effort? Um, what, what are you seeing from them? What, what's the difference? Why, why is Girona getting, getting the points that they are? Who... Who are the performers? Who are the keys to this team? Well, one of their best performers this year has been Artem Dovbik. He's got, I don't know if I'm... Ukrainian international, right? I probably butchered that, but yeah. Fun fact, I I pointed this guy out to Dimitri during um, Champions League qualifiers, I believe. He was playing in Ukraine... The team that he was playing for, they played Adis. Remember I told you that this guy looks good? No, I don't think they played Adis. I think they might have played Panathinaikos. Oh, maybe that's who it was? Maybe that's... Well, I remember seeing this guy, and I was like, yo, th- this guy's a good player. Play on Dnipro 1. That, that's who... It was Panathinaikos, right? Yeah. Yeah, it was. And I remember telling you, this guy looks pretty good. He was he was dangerous. I think he might have even scored against Panatha, even though like Dnipro um, lost convincingly. This guy looked good, and it does not surprise me that a smart club like Girona, obviously being a city football group club, picked him up, saw value in him, and, and now he's performing. Does not surprise me at all. Yeah, so he's he's been playing playing very, very well for the side. Pablo Torre, a young midfielder, has started eight matches. Seems like he's getting um, consistent minutes. He's on loan from, you guessed it, Manchester City? No. Twa? Barcelona. Really? Yeah. Oh. Well, I mean, look. Uh, okay, yeah. Well, Girona's uh, in Barcelona, right? 
Isn't Girona? I think it's in the Catalan Cal- region. Okay, they're they're Catalan. But come on, yeah. a young Spanish midfielder. What are you trying to? What they, do you mean? Barca just pumps them out. Yeah, I guess so. All right, Gavi. Don't tell me Pedri. He's not from hey, your academy. Just be like he's that. not from We're your academy. He's Las Palmas. Young talent. He's not, bro. You guys gasped Pedri. Young you bought talent. him. You bought Any, him. Anyway, Girona's going to get the victory in this match and keep the pressure on Real Madrid's title race. How far can Girona go? Uh, it's another difficult question. I feel like this is... This isn't as extreme. No, no. This is more extreme than the Tottenham question that I asked you before. But I think this is still very valid because Girona finished 10th last year and they got promoted the year before. They were somewhere between like 10th and 13th, I think, last year. And they got promoted the year prior. They had just gotten promoted. Again, this is a team owned by City Football Group, the the overarching um, company that owns Manchester City. So, are, are we talking, do you think title challengers? Do you think top four, which means Champions League? Does that mean that now City Football Group is going to finally have two teams in the Champions League that they own? That's pretty big. It's a big deal. Yeah, it's, it's, tough to, it's tough to see them finishing in the top three with, you know, the three giants breathing down their neck and going to be around them the whole season. Do they have enough? I mean, they're... Let me uh let me see. They're nine points clear of Real Sociedad right now, who's in fifth place. Are they able to play well and with that nine point cushion stay ahead of Real Sociedad to finish in the top four? It's possible for a Champions League spot, which would be a huge achievement for Girona in such a short time frame being in the first division. Um, I could see that, but contending for the title, I I don't I don't see them uh toppling Real Madrid it's important to note that they're they are as Dimitri said like they are tied on points with Real Madrid with 28 points a piece um and first and fourth is separated by four points so Barcelona has 24 points so they're they're only four points off of Girona and Madrid right now that's not a lot that's you know you you have they play Girona they beat Girona they play Madrid they beat Madrid you know you're talking about two six pointers right there essentially um that that ground could be made up very quickly. So it's again, we're talking about another title race that's very very tight. We had it in England, a tight uh, tight title race, even first and fifth, it was tight. La Liga, the same thing, four points separating first and fourth. So this this is a this is a very exciting year for title races. I, I may add, Girona's also has the tied for the most amount of goals with Atleti this year. So they do they do find the back of the net. They're not playing, you know, that defensive style of football where they're scoring one and then holding on to a result. They're they're going out there and bringing the game to a lot of these uh teams. Um and their only loss on the year came uh to Real Madrid when they lost 3-0 and they have the same record as Real Madrid. So that game was a, a 6-point swing. They're also fourth in La Liga for expected goals. And um, they're also, let's see, well, they're a little bit lower for expected goals again. So maybe their defense is really where their weaknesses lie. And for expected points, they're fourth. Um, So not a massive overperformance, really, especially when you take into account um, what's separating the top four. So they're in and around where they should be, essentially. It seems like defense is an issue for them, though. So that's definitely something to take into account because they are basically mid-table for expected goals again. So they have a huge 
overperformance right now for expected goals against. Um, you know, being second, but I, I, I think this this is them at, at 11th, I want to say. So that's, that's a lot. That's a big difference right there. Yeah, 11th. Yep. So that's definitely a big difference. But, hey, they're getting the points. They're playing well. And if we're looking at just overall expected goals, I mean, you know, they don't have anybody in and around there. But they do have the players that are getting the job done. Alex Garcia, who's a big midfielder, was linked with lots of clubs during the summer. Is high up for expected assists. He's a big player. So is Savio, who is on loan from Manchester City or Troyes. Uh, yeah, I believe it's the uh, the latter, the the French team. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Who's who's been playing phenomenal? He's he's been their other standout performer, Savio. Also, I may add, he's actually third in La Liga in assists this year. Yep. There you go. That it. That's true. Oh well. You mean Alex Garcia is? No, Savio. Is he? Oh, so yep. is Alex Garcia apparently. Oh, they're tied. It's. It looks like they're tied. They, yep, they are. It's a. Uh, it's. I. They, yeah, there's a few players with four, but they're both of them are in there tied for third place. Yeah, and then and then your uh, our boy Dovbik Artem Dovbik, uh, he's tenth right now in uh, in the scoring charts uh, in La Liga. But again, like very good. These they're they're playing well. So look, definitely a huge story, Girona. No matter how much you want to play it with the whole sports washing city football group thing, it's still a huge story. Such a small club to be playing well, but it comes down to how they run, how they are run at the top. And City Football Group is a well-oiled machine, elite-level recruiting, elite-level management, and they're winners at the end of the day. So this this shouldn't shock too many people. Um, so yeah, so you said that you expect Girona to win this game, correct? So that's going to put pressure on Madrid and on Barcelona and on Atleti to, to maintain their standards too. Um, now, before I move on, do you have anything to add? I've, I think we've covered a lot with this Girona team. It seems like we're all very, very high on them. Yeah, we are very high. Just it's just can can they hold on for the entire season to uh, finish in a top four spot is probably the most realistic goal that should be uh, set out for this uh, team. All right. So mind you, Dimitri and I's main bullet point for this was that this should be an easy game for Girona and can Girona keep it up? I'm pretty sure we've spoken about them for like 15 minutes already. Um, so clearly we have a lot to say about them. Who are we talking about next? You you are taking the reins on this. Who are we talking about? Well, we did mention them being in fifth place. Real Sociedad has a uh, date with Barcelona this week. Huge match. Huge, huge match. Barcelona playing is going to be away to Real Sociedad. That, that that's all you have to say. You wanna you wanna oh, take it oh, away or you oh, want you, me to you, take? oh you want me to talk? Okay. Well, Barcelona have a lot of injuries, but. They're keeping it real in the Champions League. They're still playing well. Um, to me, I think Sociedad are going to give them problems. I actually mentioned to you in our Champions League uh, roundup for last week that I like the Sociedad team. They look good. They gave Atletico Madrid problems a couple weeks ago. I think that they're going to give Barcelona problems. But at the same time, I also think that Barcelona has a lot of firepower. Um Again, if we're talking about expected goals, you have Barcelona second. Um, they're right up there. Sociedad a little bit less. But where Sociedad is a little bit even, or I should say not a little bit, but much, much weaker, is they are 
bottom third of the table when it comes to expected goals against. So I think this is what's going to let them down. They concede goals. They concede lots of goals. Stupid goals, basically, or I should say avoidable goals, are what let them down versus Madrid, and they let them back into the game when they were dominating. And I think that similar things are going to happen in this game. Of course, they're led by studs like Kubo, but at the same time... Oh, and also Aryazabal, who, yes, I fondly said that like decently correctly. That's nice, right? That's nice. And Takafusa Kubo, another baller, both high up in the charts for expected goals and expected goals against. But at the same time, you also have Oyarzabal, third right now in La Liga for goals. He's third, third right now for goals. Kubo is seventh right now for goals in La Liga. So they have two players in that top 10 for goals. So obviously they're scoring, they're scoring a lot. I think Barcelona comes away in this game, winning the game, but it's going to be a high-scoring affair. I could see it being like a 4-2. Well, going off of what you said and Real Sociedad's defense being kind of shaky and giving up uh, goals they shouldn't be giving up, Barcelona is actually ranked third in the in La Liga in goals scored per match. And they also have, they're tied for first with the most clean sheets in the competition with five. Now, I may add little interesting uh, nugget here between Real Sociedad and Barca. They have not drawn in any of their last nine matches against each other, but this weekend it will change. It will be a 1-1 draw, and Barca will fall further uh, from the title race, chasing Madrid. Really? What What makes you say that? I'm so curious, because I feel like everything that we've just spoken about points to a Barcelona win. Uh, at, at times, this Barcelona team looks lost shaky and they're going up against a side that's been playing good soccer and they have they have a couple players that are kind of bursting out onto the scene as we've seen in the Champions League against um Arsenal and uh, I just think Sociedad's playing great ball and I don't think they're going to I don't think they're going to lose I don't think it'd be deserving of them to lose I, I unless they play terribly obviously but I I don't see that I think they'll they'll play up to par Barcelona is also second in the league for expected goals uh, for goals against. Um, and so, I mean, look, I I don't see it. I, th- I think you're being a little harsh, but also I know you're a fan. So I know you like to be very um, not strict is the word, but you like to be a little bit more realistic, maybe a little bit more cautious, pragmatic, pessimistic when it comes to them. So. I I get why you're doing that. I just, I got to disagree. I I see this being a high scoring win for Barcelona. I'm going to maintain my 4-2. So, so yeah, that's, and, and I, I use stats to prove it. I use the stats to prove it. Um, so let's move on because I think Dimitri doesn't want to talk about Barcelona anymore. Um, next match is going to be Atletico Madrid versus Las Palmas. Um, third versus 10th. I mean, I think this is going to be a walk in the park for Madrid, for Atletico Madrid. What do you, what are you thinking? Uh, I I can I can see that going down as well. Las Palmas doesn't score goals; they struggle to score. Uh, and you know, Atleti is ranked first. This is actually pretty interesting. Safe to uh, something to add. Atleti's ranked first in goals per match. Las Palmas is ranked last. So. And they're also first for goals against. Las Palmas? No, no, no. Um, oh, Atleti. 
Atleti, yeah, yeah. Are you sure they're? Oh, they're, they're second, second. My bad. Behind Madrid, right? Second, yeah, second behind Real. So first and second, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. First and second. That's that's a big deal. That's yeah. a big jump. So, you know, they they defend well. They're putting a ton of goals, uh, the putting a ton of balls in the back of the net. And what from what it seems like, Las Palmas, although they're in um, tenth, you know. They're ranked last in goals per game, so they're they're getting away with tight, tight victories, and uh, yeah, I don't think they'll be able to keep up with this Atletico side, who's gonna put one or two by them early, and then you know, it's gonna just keep on raining. Mind you, Antoine Griezmann right now is actually second in uh in the La Liga Golden Boot race with seven goals, and Morata is fourth, not too far behind, with six goals. So Griezmann and Morata are both scoring right now, you know, in at a canter. Basically, they're scoring a lot of goals. So this is very good for this Atletico Madrid side. And assist wise, you have Saul Niguez in fine form. Finally, I don't want to say reinventing, but finally capturing his old form pre a few years ago when he was bad for a year. Then he went to Chelsea on loan. He kind of didn't do anything there. And then he came back. It seems like he's finding his form again. Four assists so far this year. And again, the numbers are there to prove Antoine Griezmann is high up for expected goals. And also for expected assists. Again, we see Saul Niguez up there in the top 10. So, Overall, this Atletico Madrid team is playing well, and they're exactly where they should be. They're third place, and their expected points puts them at third place. Fun fact, though. Totally just notice this now. On expected points, Barcelona should be first. Fun fact. <laughs> That's a fun little tidbit right there. I've seen it before. They just let you down. All right, so we're going to count out Las Palmas. I believe they are from... The Canary Islands is that where they're from? We're gonna we're gonna count them out. So, Atletico Madrid to beat Las Palmas to maintain their place in that high up part of the table. So so that's that's that match. And uh, finally, we have another easy match for this game, right? I mean, it's uh. Ah, they are in the Canary Islands, I was right. Uh, that's a nice place to be. Um, last match for La Liga that we're going to be talking about is Real Madrid versus Rayo Vallecano. First versus eighth. Seventh. Seventh. Foot Mob was wrong. No, I, I'm on Foot Mob, but they're seventh. I don't know how I misread this. Maybe I just, I don't know. Maybe I can't read. That's possible. Um, so we got first versus seventh. They're closer than I thought they would be. But Bellingham hat trick? <laughs> Bella goal hat trick? Anteater celebration? Well, as I mentioned, when Barcelona was tied for first with the most clean sheets, Ryle's the other team with five clean sheets in the competition, tied for first. But Real Madrid has the leading goal scorer in La Liga with 10 goals, Jude Bellingham. And you know what? This this game has a storyline written on it. You want me to give you a look into the future? Go for it. Ryle Vallecano's going to be playing very well. It's going to be a very cagey affair. Real's going to miss one or two big chances, you know, in the first 50 minutes. It's going to be 1-1. 
76th minute arm spread <laughs> tap in merchant there you go so that's pretty easy yeah so routine real madrid win um so yeah so sounds like the title race is gonna stay tight this for this week in la liga uh we, i don't really have too much more to say i don't even it's madrid we're just gonna they're gonna win and we're gonna move on sounds good yes Moving on to our final league that we're going to cover for the week because there's a lot of fun storylines. Um, and we mean this with the utmost disrespect for the two other big five leagues that we're not including in this episode. <laughs> <laughs> we're, finished things, we're finishing things off with the German Bundesliga. Huge matches coming up this week. Bayer Leverkusen in first place right now in the Bundesliga. They are leading at the moment. They're leading the league at the moment. They are on 25 points right now. 25 points. Bayern Munich, two points behind them with 23 points. VfB Stuttgart in uh, third with 21 points. And Borussia Dortmund tied with them with 21 points. And then we have Rosenball Sport Leipzig, which is really just RB Leipzig, which is just Red Bull Leipzig because they needed to change the name as a loophole to actually be in professional German football. But that's a story for another day. So that's your top five. We also have Hoffenheim in sixth with 18 points. Um, the Bundesliga is shaping up to be super exciting this year. We have Bayer Leverkusen led by Xavi Alonso leading the way right now. But we are going to start with them because they are playing sixth place Hoffenheim. Hit me with some juicy details right now. What do you got for this match? This this match is going to be very exciting. Uh, Bayer Leverkusen is away to Hoffenheim, I may add, but I, it's just going to be flat out exciting. I I think there there will be a ton of goals in this game. <clears throat> Hoffenheim ranked fifth in the Bundesliga in goals. Bayer Leverkusen ranked uh, second, and I may add they're scoring three goals a game. <clears throat> Also, Bayer Leverkusen is ranked second away, a second away from home this season, so they're they're playing well away from home. <clears throat> and Hoffenheim hasn't kept a clean sheet in the last five matches, so this game you can expect a ton of goals. I can see it going back and forth, high scoring game. And you know, Xavi Alonso has his boys playing well too. I may add, Florian Verts, baller, one of three Bundesliga teams undefeated in in the league obviously the other one being Bayern Munich he has Florian Verts, who came off an ACL injury from last year or the year before really but you know it usually takes a year Florian Verts is high flying again the man is a baller he's playing well in a, in a more central attacking midfield slash number 10 position scoring and assisting and they're scoring a lot of goals and they're also not conceding too many. As Dimitri said, they are high up in the table for goals against. They are third to be exact and they are fourth for expected goals against, which means that they're just about where they should be. Whereas Hoffenheim right now are overperforming in their goals against. Their expected goals against puts them at the bottom of the table. Not quite the bottom, but I believe it's it's like 16th. It's very low, 15th, 14th, 15th, the the lower third of the table for expected goals against. So I think that there's going to be game, there's going to be goals in this game. I think Boniface, the, the Nigerian striker, another Nigerian striker to come out of nowhere 
and really cement himself as an elite level player or just as as a a high you know performing player. He's got seven goals in nine games right now, Victor Bonifaz. So he's playing well. Jonas Hoffman, a free transfer from the summer, scoring five goals in nine appearances. This Bayer Leverkusen team is balling out right now. I'm loving what I'm seeing. Of course, you got Florian Verts high up there in the assists. So it's Jeremy Frimpong. And again, you got Bonifacio and Jonas Hoffman. I love this Bayer Leverkusen team. They're fast. They play beautiful footy, but they also play quick. And they're, they're a joy to watch. I think this is going to be a routine win for them against against Hoffenheim. Yeah, th- I, I feel like they're going to be too overpowering. But I, it's going to be exciting. I'm going to say a 4-2. 4-2 Leverkusen win. I like that. So that's going to cement them at the top of the table. They're going to stay there. They're going to stay there for at least this week. Um, let's move on. Next game. Come on. How can you not get excited about this game? We have... Der Classico or Der Classica? I don't. I forget how you say Isn't it. In, Der Classic. Der Classic. Or I thought it was Der Classic. Uh, maybe you. You might be right. Or Der Classiker. I don't. <laughs> no, that doesn't sound right. It's one of those. Um, I just ruined basically the the build up to that. Right. Bayern Munich versus Borussia Dortmund. So huge game. I mean. I can only really see it going one way, though. Even even with a uh, suspension to Joshua Kimmich? It doesn't matter. It doesn't matter. Harry Kane. That's all I got to say to you. Harry Kane. He's going to be the difference in this game. He has made the Bundesliga look like the Farmers League that it has been tagged <laughs> to be. He is a baller. Look. One of the greatest goal scorers of this generation. There we go, baby. <laughs> As we're watching right now on ESPN, they're actually showing no joke. Dear Classic, I was right. No joke. ESPN just like popped up, and it it was like a little like build up to that match. It is Dear Classicer. I was right. It sounded funny, but yeah, that's it. So this is a sign. Harry Kane leading. No, actually, he's not the leading goal scorer. He's second right now. Stuttgart's uh, de. Garassi, Garassi is actually first, yes. Um, but Thomas Tuchel has Harry Kane scoring for fun. He has Leroy Sané also scoring for fun. Kane with 12 goals, Sané with 9 goals. So this team is playing well, and they're scoring goals. I think that this can only go one way, personally, just because, again, although Dortmund is in third place, or I'm sorry, fourth place, and they're not too far off, um... They're, they're not too far off of Bayern Munich. Only how many points behind? Two points behind. I only see it going one way. That's going to be a Bayern Munich win. So you see Bayern continuing their streak because, you know, they, they haven't lost to Dortmund in their last 10 matches. Nine wins and a draw. It doesn't seem like it's a rivalry anymore. It is not ending this weekend. That's for sure. I'm super confident. It won't be a loss. Maybe it's a tie in the end, but I'm confident in a win. Yeah, they just they just been steamrolling them, and I think Harry Kane, with the weapons he has around him, seems like he's comfortable. Future Ballon d'Or winner. Yes. Uh yeah. I, I can see them. I can see them coming away with a with a three one three zero win. All right. I like it. I like it. I think we can move on then. Next match. 
we got Stuttgart, third place, versus Heidenheim, 13th place. Heidenheim, it's look, they're low on the table, 13th. Um, newly promoted. I, I don't think that this is, you know, I don't think this game's going to be any different. Again, Stuttgart led by the high or the one of the leading goal scorer or the, the leading highest. goal scorer yeah. uh Seru Garasi right now who's come up out of nowhere 14 goals and one assist in eight matches this, that's that's some total right there that is some total it it is important to note that he is like on a massive expected goals over performance right now but hey whatever we we move from there um but yeah Stuttgart is looking good uh when you look at metrics they are, again, high up. They're third place for expected goals. They are second place for expected goals against with a good defense. And for expected points, it puts them at second. So they're just around where they should be. Um, this team looks good. I think it's going to be a routine win for uh, for VFB Stuttgart. You got any uh, interesting tidbits for me? Again, I'm not, I'm not a big Bundesliga expert, but I, I want to get more into it. Uh, yeah, I, I could see Stuttgart. Winning, they won the last two matches against um, Heidenheim, and Heidenheim hasn't won a match in their last five uh, <clears throat> matches. And it seems like Sukar scores pretty with with ease, three goals a game. Also uh, tied for second place with uh, Bayer Leverkusen. So I, I feel like it's going to be tough for Heidenheim to keep up with the firepower that Sukar uh, possesses, and the. Uh, Leading goal scorer, I may add. And that brings us to our final match that we're going to talk about. And it's, this one's going to be a quick one again. We got RB Leipzig um, versus Mainz. Leipzig is fifth, while Mainz is last place. So, I mean, there's only one way that this is going. Um, it's going to be an RB Leipzig win. Again, RB Leipzig led by Lois Openda, who is their leading goal scorer right now. They got him from Lon, might I add. Um, they got him from Lons or Lens, as you like to call them. Um, good player. Again, eight goals playing well right now. Eight goals in nine games. And their assist leader, but also he, he, likes, to, he likes to chime in with the goals too. He's got three goals, six assists. Xavi Simons from the Barcelona Academy former Barcelona Academy. He's balling out right now. Six assists. This this RB Leipzig team is performing very well in the Champions League. And they're exciting in the Bundesliga too. So I see this as a routine win. Is that how you're looking at it? Routine win with, I may add, a Xavi Simmons goal. And look, the, the expected goals puts them at fifth. Expected goals against puts them at third. And for expected points, they are fifth. So they're performing where they should be, which again, leads me to believe that they're going to pick up the points here. Mines, again, is just about where they belong, honestly, in the end. They're a little bit better off than last when it comes to expected goals against, but expected goals, they are dead last. So it is not looking good right now for them at all. Um, so... When it comes to all of it, what am I looking at? Can you, what I, what I, am I? I? I got you. Dimitri is trying to show me something. I wasn't showing you anything. You're not, sh you're not showing me anything? No. Okay. 
All right. So, <laughs> all right. That's fine. So, yeah. Routine win. Now, what does this do to the table, basically? Um, this keeps Bayer Leverkusen at the top. This keeps Dortmund right hot on their trails. Dortmund's going to drop in this case. Um, Dortmund's going to drop, and RB Leipzig is going to go into fourth. I think this is going to be an off year for Dortmund. I can see them finishing at best fourth. Um, it's not looking too good for them right now, and it's looking great for the other clubs. So uh, I think that this is going to help keep Leverkusen at the top. Now, before we end this episode, because we've been going on for a while, um, this has been a long. This is our longest episode by far. Um, Ken, and I'm going to ask you this, just like I asked you about um, Girona, just like I asked you about Tottenham. Can Leverkusen keep it up? Absolutely not. I don't think so either. The, uh, Bayern, you know, they do like the city thing where like they're not that great for the first half and then somehow they find a way. Yeah. Uh, yeah. They're, they're just going to be winning games when it matters most. Harry Kane is going to do well. You would expect um, Guarassi from Stuttgart. He's on a massive goal over performance right now. And he... I, it's it's the kind that, you know, he hasn't shown too much in his career to suggest that this is something that's going to keep up. Maybe it does, but um, I can see Stuttgart then, like, falling down a little bit once his goals dry up a little bit more. Um, so, with all that in mind, not being super high on Dortmund, um, I see this going with another Bayern Munich title this year. The Bundesliga continues its farmer status, although I still do like the Bundesliga. Um Okay, so Bayern Munich or Bayern Leverkusen are not going to keep it up. Do they finish in the Champions League places? Yeah, right. Yeah yeah, 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 yeah. Do they finish third or fourth or second? Where Where do you think? Second. I like that. That's fair. Okay. All right. So that concludes our preview, long preview. If you have stayed ar- around this long to listen to this, power to you. Okay, because I I could barely listen to myself for five minutes. So. Um, thank you for joining us here on this preview of this week's games. My name is Pano. I'm Dimitri, a.k.a. Juicy. And we're out of here. <laughs>